This week on The Pour Over, Joe and Dill continue their discussion on the new comic book adaptation, Umbrella Academy. Time hopping, betrayal, and a new villain. How did this show get so intense? Listen in as they share their thoughts on episodes 5, 6, and 7 of the superhero drama. Let's pour it all over. Hey friends, welcome to The Pour Over Podcast, hosted by myself, Dill, and Joe. Each week, we bring you our thoughts on a certain episode of a TV show, and most importantly, chit-chat about the very thing so many of us depend on each morning, coffee. This time, we'll be chatting about the Umbrella Academy, the new Netflix series based on the comic book series of the same name. But before we get into all that, let's catch up with the Poor River Boys. What's up, Joe? How's it going? It's pretty good, Dill. Just, uh, you know, enjoying the Sunday of Easter and, yeah. you know, hanging in there. Um... What about you? Uh, same, same. Uh, the weather has gotten pretty nice the past couple of days in Dallas, um, which uh, I think three or four days ago, the weatherman was like, there's going to be baseball-sized hail. Oh, my God. the whole God. city freaked out. Like, I, I know everyone was, like, finding parking garages. I know I have friends that are leaving their cars parked, like, overnight in just random places that had covered Wow. And, uh there was no storm. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was a storm, it just was not close to anything here. Okay. And yeah, then like in normal Texas fashion, next day it was like 70. That's Texas um, weather for you. Yeah. So Man. it's good, it's good. Did you enjoy your your Sunday? Your Easter uh, Sunday? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. We had some special stuff going on at church per usual and yeah, it's a good weekend. Important for for those churchgoers. For sure, for sure. Um, how's your coffee been, man? Uh, you been uh, drinking the the Big Trouble still? Yeah, I'm drinking the Big Trouble. Uh, it's it's been pretty good. I would say is you know it's a solid uh, daily drinker. I think that's kind of term we like to use mm-hmm. where it's good. I don't think anything necessarily stands out, especially with it, which might be like the point in a blend. You know, mm-hmm. to make just something that's pretty good, uh, pretty low on acidity and overall um, kind of like a classic coffee taste. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, so I like it. I mean, uh, it's not amazing by any means, but it's like pretty solid. I feel you. Uh, yeah, so you, yeah, yeah. you, you'd say it leans more on the traditional coffee profile as opposed to like a modern, modern taste. Sure. Yeah. 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 So I I think the flavor notes, you know, they they sound they're like caramel, nutty. I mean, I think that's pretty accurate. Mm. It's kind of like coffee, quote unquote coffee. You know, a little chocolatey, a little nutty. Yeah. Um, but pretty mild and balanced overall, I guess. Okay. Uh, it's smooth. If that if that's a thing to say, I was drinking mm-hmm. it the other day and I was like, ooh, this like like silky smooth in, in ooh, some ways. That's a big so, plus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I like it. No, nothing against it, for sure. Mm. I was going to ask, how, how's your coffee been? Yeah, um, pretty good. I was going to like contrast that by saying I've been on the pour-over again with the Wotekonga. And mm-hmm. I did that Saturday and then today. And it's it's uh, it's coming around, for sure. Um, the flavor profile, I would not describe it as smooth or round. It's actually like kind of tangy and juicy. Okay. So like it's a little, I don't want to say sharp, but when you're drinking it, you're not like just, you know, um, you really got to think about the flavors and stuff, mm-hmm. um, which they have mandarin orange, 
Um, I really struggled to get that flavor, uh, but I definitely got the other ones that they wrote. Like, um, I think they wrote chocolate, which I could taste kind of that acidity of chocolate, especially if you're eating like a dark chocolate bar. You get that kind of tang, that kick from the, um, you know, like the juiciness of the chocolate. If that makes any sense. Yeah, definitely, for sure. Uh, but yeah. So no AeroPress this whole week. Oh, no, no. I've definitely been doing the AeroPress still. Oh, for okay, sure. Okay. Yeah. They're uh, during the work. Going week. back and forth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So doing doing a lot of adjusting on my grinder. Nice. Yeah. I feel like that's that, that'd be hard for me because, you know, when I wake up in the morning, I just like, I just want to do what's easy or like what I'm used to. Mm-hmm. Then I would have to switch gears, you know, if I'm switching to a different brew method. I'm oh, like, literally, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. Especially, you know, if you're doing that hand grinding life. Yeah. So you gotta sit there and do the clicks and all that. <laughs> so, yes, sir. Yeah. Um. Any kind of coffee shop experiences you've had this week? Um. Nothing pretty, pretty in quiet. particular. Uh. Yeah. Oh. Well, I, I guess. I. I think. I. I this was this week. <laughs> it all kind of <laughs> blends together at the end of the semester here. But yeah, I think I texted you this week because I, I was drinking or I tried something that I usually don't try, mm. which was one, it was a latte. I don't usually get lattes. And then mm-hmm. also I got a flavored latte. Whoa. Um, yeah. So what there's like a seasonal do? drink. Yeah. Is I think is a blueberry latte or something like that. It's like a seasonal special. Um, I, again, I had one of those, was it, uh, free drink cards, oh, okay. which, which kind of informs all of these decisions anyways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I'm paying for it, I, I, I want to know what I'm getting. Smart, I was like, smart. oh, okay, I'll, I'll venture out, try something a little different. And I was like, yeah, I don't usually get latte. I just get latte. I mean, it's fine. And then the barista was like, oh, you know, you want any flavors in that? We got a bunch of different options. Hmm. And I asked for his recommendation and he said, blueberry has been pretty popular since it's the seasonal drink. I got it. Um, and I mean, it, it, yeah, it tastes like blueberry, but I, I feel like the flavors didn't go super well together, in my oh. opinion. Um, Interesting. Yeah, they didn't really mesh well. And I assume they just kind of used like a syrup or something, which might just kind of lead to why I didn't like it personally that much. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, the baristas, were, like, when I ordered it, he's like, oh, if you don't like it, just bring it back. We'll make you something else. Oh, okay. Uh, but I, I didn't, I, I didn't want to do that to them. Like, it wasn't bad. Like, I was fine with drinking it. So, mm. I, so, so I drank it. It was fine. It was, like, an experience, right? So I think there's a reason I generally stick to my drips and occasionally um, just an espresso and milk mix, but not really anything else with that. Yeah. Did it taste artificial? Um, a little bit, but I think just the espresso um, flavor mixed with the blueberry syrup kind of like, um, I don't think bitter Stim. is the right word, mm-hmm. but it's just like a weird, like when I first, when I took that first sip, I was like, oh, like, I don't know if that <laughs> goes together. Yeah. Um, which, you know, may, maybe I'm just not experienced in the flavored latte game. Is, it, but, is that a game you want to yeah. be in? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's the question. So I'm, I'm fine. It was like, all right. It's not something that I would get again. Yeah. So okay. plus I didn't pay for it. If I paid for it, I think it'd be a different story. Yeah. I'm, I yeah. might be like, yo, uh, no, no hate, but can I get something else? <laughs> but yeah, it's free, so it's fine. Yeah. 
Man, that's like the kindest yeah. kind of response you could give to this barista. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, I assume people like it. It's just, yeah, I think in general, like, yeah, just adding syrups and like other things to coffee, sure, and espresso drinks. That's just like not what I generally do. So I think I probably should have known that going in, but like generally my preferences. But I thought I'd try something different. Well, yeah, yeah, there are there are those bangers. I think for me, and we talked about this is. Um, like a chai, chai latte. Mm, it's not mm-hmm. coffee at all, but I I really like those. Um, if if I was gonna get a flavored drink at a coffee shop, but it wasn't necessarily just a regular coffee, I would probably go for like a chai. Um, and you said you have you had them before chai lattes? Yeah, I've only had them from Starbucks. Okay. Um. So I've never ha- I've never actually ordered it at like another coffee shop, but I mean, for Starbucks, it tastes pretty good. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. So <laughs> I, I I could dig it. I could go with it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And then, do you like matcha lattes? Uh. Yeah. Actually. Um. I think back when I didn't drink coffee that much, but you know, we still go to Starbucks or or, or whatever other coffee shops. And then mm-hmm. I, I didn't know what to order really, so I think I remember one time I had a friend that got like a green tea latte or like matcha latte kind of mm-hmm. deal, and so that that was my drink for a while. I think before I really got into coffee, nice. so yeah, I like it. It's, it's a, little, a little different, so yeah, just depending what you're what you're going for, right? Yeah, I'm a big fan of those yeah. for sure. Um. I think one interesting thing, and I'd be interested to hear from our viewers, uh, listeners as well, is, um, you know, dirty chai. It's like throwing in a little espresso with your chai latte. Mm -hmm. Um, I've had it a couple times. My impression is kind of like your impression of a blueberry latte. Those worlds just don't mix. For Mm -hmm. me, it's like, I think the the espresso just adds a, like a muddy kind of, um, it's just more of an obtrusive flavor to me to the chai uh, flavor, because mm-hmm. um, there's already so much going on in the chai already. Like, because it's uh, a, yeah. it's got a lot of those different spices in them. Uh, but you add a add the espresso in it. Um, it's definitely gonna get you really, really wired up. Um, mm-hmm. but flavor wise, not for me. Mm. Yeah, I might, I might have to give it a try. I don't think I've had it before. So hey, you, you might know, like it. Maybe once I get that free drink again, you know, <laughs> after 10 drinks in. So uh, maybe we'll see if, if I'm feeling it, I might give it a try and we'll, we'll do a report on it when I get back. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hmm. Any other coffee happenings for you or even thinking about gear pickups or anything like that? I don't know. We haven't talked about that in a while. Um, gears and pickups. I really haven't, um, been trying to get any uh, new coffee gear in a while. Um, I think I would like to start maybe like a coffee map, like a little arts and crafts mm. project. Okay. Yeah. Tell me more. Yeah, yeah. So I keep all my bags of coffee. Um, I think ever since yeah. we started this podcast, I've been keeping all my bags. So um, I thought it would be cool to uh, have like a world map and uh, put a pin for where the coffee origin is from. And mm. then draw a line from that or just have a string to the roaster to kind of see okay. how the coffee journeys. Ooh, that, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, it's kind of like people got those maps for places they travel or, you know, they want to see. But it's like, this is coffee I've experienced from this place. Mm-hmm. And also then you could tie it with the roaster since you, you do tend to try 
some different roasters. Right. So I think that'd be cool too to even just see both ends of that. Right. Mm. And and uh, I think I'm realizing that even even though the bean might be the same, the way the roasters roast them is different. Yeah. And then the ultimate True. end product tastes different too. Mm-hmm. Um, like the Petty Bone uh, Wote Conga I'm drinking right now. Like I said, I can't taste the Mandarin flavor. And I did a little research online at, from different roasters who use that bean. And their flavor notes were totally different. Like oh, they didn't really? have chocolate on them. Yeah. It's like completely oh, wow. different. Um, So I'm just kind of wondering, you know, why that is and maybe with like a map it can kind of visualize like okay well you know these two shops brought in the Wotekonga and then I can kind of like be like oh well I, I like this shop's version better than this shop's hmm. that's good that's smart it's like that the coffee journal we had talked about a while back yeah that I have not been keeping up with at all no but... <laughs> Yeah, I um, I think I had it for a little while. I kept it where I brewed my coffee. And then one day I like took it upstairs or something and I just never brought it back down. <laughs> and so, yeah, but no, I think that's smart. Just get, kind of get informed, especially since, you know, I mean, coffee's not super expensive. It's not cheap either. Mm, Plus, true. I mean, you want to know what's, what your preferences are, you right. know, instead of just kind of buying whatever's available but you can kind of pick and choose like bean and roaster because like you said Mm -hmm. i mean both those are pretty important and Mm -hmm. they're different you know yeah i mean there's a reason why the the third wave roasters um got so popular like there's some there's some that are just really hot like you know Mm -hmm. like uh counterculture the one you got um you know uh, i don't know if onyx is part of that first initial third wave but i think they're uh, an older a roaster um and i've had really good beans from them mm-hmm. um and then others that like just haven't been too impressed by and they mm-hmm. still use quality beans but it's like this must be something in their roasting process so i can see why people stick to certain roasters like oh i only buy intelligentsia or oh i only buy mm-hmm. like counterculture yeah for sure for sure i mean soon you're gonna like get into home roasting or something. I feel mm. like this is like the gateway. Be like thinking about all the different roasters, the way they do things. And you're like, Ooh, I, w- I want to try that myself. Trying to emulate that. Right. Yeah. 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 So, mm. yeah, man, I mean, man. if you make that map, let, let me know how it goes. Maybe uh, we can put a picture in the notes at some point in the future or something. But I think it'd be cool to see just a visualization. Yeah. For sure, for sure. I I will definitely update you and the uh, Pour River crew on, you know, that map. Mm-hmm. Uh, which segues us into our uh, discussion today. We're still talking about the Umbrella Academy. It's a group of uh, superheroes uh, from the Hargreaves family, which I think they were born all around the world. Um, mm-hmm. And he basically took them into his care uh, basically stole them, I guess. Paid mu- paid good money for them, I guess. Uh, he paid. It's kind of <laughs> weird to think about, but, you know, right? he just overlooked that. Yeah, and we're learning more about, you know, Mr. Hargreaves, the, the great late Mr. Hargreaves, and, or Sir mm-hmm. Hargreaves. He, he, he could be a good good man. I don't know. Um, anyways, so The Umbrella Academy is a new superhero drama that's recently released on Netflix. It's a TV series adaptation of the same uh, of the comic book series of the same name and follows the dysfunctional family and superhero team of the late Sir Reginald Hargreaves. 
Uh, the Umbrella Academy, as they are called, reunite after their father's death to, and seek to uncover their mysterious past. As the group learns of an impending apocalypse, tensions rise between the siblings and lines are drawn. Um, so Dylan and I watched episodes 5, 6, and 7 this week, um, in which uh, in episode 5, basically the group um, kind of discovers more about Five's secret. Um, uh, Klaus is sent back in time. Uh, and Vanya is, you know, still chilling with um, um, Leonard and, you know, coming to feel, coming to realize that she's got these maybe powers when she's not on her meds. Episode six, we learn about, uh, uh, you know, um, just the, we realize more tensions happening between Vanya and her family. Uh, five goes back in time-ish to start a job at the commission and uh, Cha-Cha and Hazel kind of beef it up a little bit. Episode seven, um, we have uh, just basically an episode about Harold Jenkins, who we find out is, is Leonard, and uh, also uh, he's kind of tutoring Vanya as she's uh, in this uh, cabin in the woods with him. And some other stuff happened too, but that's kind of the general gist of it. So, uh, Dill, man, what you what you think about these three episodes? Yeah, st- stuff is definitely happening now. Yeah, <laughs> um, I mean, it was before too, but. I feel like now they're like really getting deep into all the like different intricacies of the different characters, different story arcs, and things are just kind of progressing along. Mm-hmm. Um, There's still like the general thing is like, oh, this apocalypse is coming, mm-hmm. and so what 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 are we gonna do about that? And right. so all these other things just kind of fall under it. Um, also, like Vanya discovering her powers, but that's probably tied to that somehow. Anyways. The apocalypse. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, that's still the overarching thing. But I was like, "Ooh, stuff is happening. Um, we're getting more information." You know, mm-hmm. like um, number five, he goes to the commission. Mm-hmm. We get to see a little bit of that background, and we even see—I think it's episode five, actually—where um, we see him when he gets first, he gets hired, and then oh, he yeah. goes and becomes that. Like, I—I I don't even know if they have titles but uh, like ta- timeline assassin? assassins oh yeah temporal assassins yeah. There, there you go yeah so we kind of see him living through all that um and apparently you know he's he's responsible for mm. a ton of like, historical the hindenburg specific. the yeah, assassination yeah. of jfk mm-hmm. yeah oh actually no i take that back he was not the one who assassinated jfk because he went uh he went back in time he went forward in time before that could happen right Oh, that's right. I, th- I think what he's like set up to do it. I mm-hmm. think is that what happened? And then yeah, he, he was didn't. set up to I do it. Don't really remember. He was set up to do it, and he was like aiming, and then he was like, "Wait, I'm gonna just like go back in time." So he pulled out his notebook, and then did something, I guess, to like open a portal. Oh, and then it showed funny. us that's, episode that's, one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> man. They, then, these <laughs> timelines again, bro, dude. We like, cannot escape. For people that have been listening to us for a while, you know, Westworld, with all the timeline stuff, you yeah. just cannot escape it. I wrote down in my journal, I'm like, timelines just mess with me. Like, I, yep. t- timelines, time travel, all that stuff, time hopping, it just really messes with me. I, I can't enjoy the plot, you know, when stuff like that <laughs> is going on. Yes. I mean, speaking of that, like, episode six... Like, my question with that was, like, was episode six pointless? 
Because mm. all the whole episode happens. Actually, a lot happens in episode six. Oh yeah, and, and then number five timelines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then number five just gets the br- the briefcase, goes to the beginning of the episode, mm-hmm. and none of it happens. Yep. So I, I don't know how you felt after that episode. Like good, bad. I, I don't know, man. I well, I mean, uh, generally, I did like episode six. I, I liked mm-hmm. um, I liked kind of seeing the different snapshots of different characters. Um, and, uh, I was wondering at the end of it, I was like, man, is this the, is this the remedy? Like, is this the solution? Like, Mm -hmm. because at the very end of, um, you know, the end of times we find they're all dead because I guess they're fighting whoever was starting the apocalypse. But in episode six, before number five comes back, they were all kind of going their separate ways. Mm -hmm. So maybe, maybe, maybe by getting you know by avoiding the apocalypse they just have to split up but instead at the end of episode six we learn that five comes back and they bring everyone back together mm. so it's like was he really like trying to was he really um you know you know what i'm saying like did he, did he really screw screw the group over mm-hmm. by by trying to change the future yeah, I mean, like for if you're just thinking individually for each character, I would say yes. I think some pretty positive things happen in, in mm-hmm. episode six. Um, you know, Klaus is dealing with his Vietnam War experience. I mean, Luther and Allison, they kind of, mm-hmm. I don't know they if I would say get together, ship. but they they have their dance scene. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and so <laughs> thing, things are pretty good. You know, Klaus is trying to get sober, you know, all that stuff. So and he does get sober, and he meets yeah. Dave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, stuff is good. And I think that's why, like, at the end, I was like, like, why why, why, why you got to do this, you know? Because mm-hmm. episode six, some overall positive things are happening, but then it just all gets erased. Right. And you're just like, well, okay, well, I guess we saw all that. It felt good for the time being, but now it actually doesn't matter because it didn't really happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then episode seven is actually what does happen, right? Like, that's kind of the result of Five coming back, which we also get these snippets of Harold Jenkins, which, one, is a pretty ridiculous name, I think. It reminds <laughs> me of, like, Leroy Jenkins from back yeah. in this. <laughs> Leroy Jenkins! Oh, man. Um, but, uh, anyways, um, what was I going to say? Yeah, just, like, I think I think a lot of bad stuff happens in episode seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we get Leonard's backstory, essentially. Mm-hmm. You know, as a child, he was really into the Bre- Umbrella Academy. He idolized them, as most kids would with superheroes. Right. He wants to join and be part of them. And he- he's actually born on the same day as all the kids are. Mm-hmm. And he, like, runs up and tries to join. And then Reginald, in his cold, uncaring <laughs> ways, is just like... You're not Traumatizes special. the boy. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, get off my property. You know, all the people laugh at him, which sucks. I mean, you feel bad for him. Yeah. Because cause he's, he, it's just him and his dad. Like, his mom died, I think, giving birth. Mm-hmm. And, and his dad is just an alcoholic, abusive, yeah. and all that. Physically abusive. Yeah. Yeah. So you feel bad for him. And I mean, not to say it's justified because he, he ends up killing his dad, mm-hmm. which is, is not the right response. But, um, <laughs> just so you know his, yeah yeah fyi for the listeners you know murder is not cool um, <laughs> but yeah and that's why he goes to jail and 
Mm-hmm. And then he he when he comes out of jail, I guess the whole time he's been planning his revenge or something because hmm. he's just been rejected by the Umbrella Academy and the Hargreave family. Right, right, right. Um, that was dark. That was definitely a very dark mm. series of scenes in the beginning with um with him with culminating in him killing his dad. Unexpected for me. I was like kind of shook a little bit. Yeah, um, definitely. Uh, but that's the kind of backstory you need to create like a really insane villain, you know, like, mm. um, how else, how else would you turn out if something like that happened to you? And that's then to true. get like, you know, um, to get stunted on by the Umbrella Academy, the, the people that you mm. worshipped, you know, as a kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, th- does that just make you feel like Leonard's even more creepy, you know? Because I think before we, we, in the last podcast episode, we're talking like he, he's, he's obviously trying to do something with Vanya, like kind of insert himself into her life and all that. And now we mm-hmm. actually learn he's, he's trying to tear the family apart or do something, get his revenge mm-hmm. at least. Um, so yeah, yeah it's kind of right. building him up as that villain for sure. Yeah, definitely more creepy, you know, and especially, um, you know, you just get the feeling that this guy is up to no good when he uh, isolates her, takes her to a cabin. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's it's. Uh, I think it's obvious that in, in the coming episodes, we'll learn more of his intent, and um, you know, just learn about you know just the whole. Um, uh, I won't really get into it, but um, <laughs> he's just creepy. Yeah, he's just he's just creepy, mm-hmm. and he's up to no good. I think that's pretty clear at this point. Yeah, yeah, because another thing that happens in 6, I think, is just that Vanya discovers um, her dad's notebook and journal, I think, Mm -hmm. in Mm -hmm. Leonard's house. But then that gets wiped away. That doesn't happen, right? Yeah, it doesn't happen. So it resets because, like, oh, shoot, like, Vanya finally knows. It's like, well, one, I think she reads, like, the pills are suppressing her powers or whatever the specific wording is. Mm -hmm. Then also she realizes, like, Leonard has my dad's diary you know exactly yeah yeah but then it gets reset and they're like oh well guess it don't matter and now we know but no one else knows right which Um, which in in the actual timeline harold kind of controls that knowledge so he doesn't Mm -hmm. let vanya know that he knows and so maybe in the uh in the episode like the way things didn't happen like maybe that is like you know if that had happened then maybe vanya would would be more suspicious of him and be like oh Maybe, like, I should be more careful with this guy and, like, you know, maybe then she would side more with her family as opposed to siding with him. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, because even, like, when when they're out at the cabin and he's, like, kind of training her, I guess, Mm -hmm. um, he is obviously much more interested in her powers than she is. Yep, yep. Like, she still doubts it. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. She's like, eh, I don't know about this. And she's like, I'm going to go practice violin or or whatever <laughs> he's like well what do you mean then that he catches himself though yeah yeah so i think that's that that's him like oh he actually he's obviously very emotionally driven and like has this um deep motivation but i mean mm-hmm. he's, he's still in control he is um, that's, that's he, the he sinister side mm. that's like the sinister yeah. like you know the, just yeah he, he's trying to hold back his the sociopathicness that he has yeah, um, yeah he's he's good at manipulating Yes, he, he like realizes, and then he says the right thing. 
mm-hmm. which I think kind of plays into like last episode where he's saying when when at first when he's kind of like trying to court Vanya, like trying to go on dates and all that, mm-hmm. he, he he knows what to say to mm-hmm. kind of kind of build that relationship, and now too he knows what to say to like save it or like maintain mm-hmm. without revealing himself. Mm. So yeah, he's a yeah, he's a he's a sinister dude. Yeah. Speaking of uh, sinister dudes and uh, dudettes, um, <laughs> Cha Cha and Hazel, my favorite duo in the show. Yeah, uh, I really like them a lot, and they're not really—I w- I wouldn't say they're sinister people, but they—they—they're intending to kill Number Five. Mm-hmm. But it's so much more complex than that because of um, Cha Cha's uh, suspicion of Hazel. Hazel's suspicion of Cha-Cha because they're getting these, um, they get these notices from these tubes that kind of appear out of nowhere, <laughs> which is like so awesome and just kind of like, mm-hmm. you know, ridiculous. Uh, and then Hazel is, is, is not really interested in doing this job anymore. Yeah. Um, so all those different layers, I think, make their storyline just so, so like uh, just interesting and like, you know, um, enticing. Yeah, and I gotta give props to number five, man. He he knows how to cause chaos and mess stuff up because mm-hmm. he sends them those notices. That's to right. To kill each other. Um. So he he knows what to do to mess up the system. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's it's interesting. Yeah, it's, you know, Hazel's trying to get out of the job, and he actually goes to the donut shop and asks the donut shop lady to run away with him and all that. <laughs> That's kind of weird. Um, but you know, he's who, just trying to live you? his life. Yeah, who are you to yeah. say that's weird, Dilly? He's just trying to follow yeah, his heart. It's true. It's true. That's his girl. He's, he's, he's yeah. He's not about just the job and all that. Not not like Cha Cha. <laughs> so yeah, no 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 judgment. You know, they they like each other. They they um yeah. So more power to him, I guess. <laughs> I'm just playing. Um. Cha-Cha, do you think she was jealous? Like, do you feel like, because after they left the forest scene, um, you know, he, he he didn't tell her specifically about the girl. I mean, not the girl, mm-hmm. the, the elderly woman, uh, I should say. Agnes. Um, Agnes, yes. Lovely Agnes. That it was her that that that's making him want to stay. I wonder mm. if Cha-Cha thought that was her that he wanted to be with or not. Hmm. I don't, I don't think... For her perspective, there's that romantic interest. Okay. But it, overall, it seems like her commitment and like her motivation is her job and her work. Mm. Like, and generally, she's like, come on, let's just, you know, get back on the job. Like, you remember all the good, like, how good we are at our job? Let's keep uh, doing yeah. that, you know? Um, so that seems to be her motivation. So, like, I mean, it could be a jealousy in a sense that, like, I mean, it's taking his work partner away. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I could definitely see that, but, um, it's yeah, not romantically she, motivated. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think yeah. so. And yeah, I thought it was interesting cause she, she takes him out to the woods and all that and she, she could kill him there, but mm-hmm. she chooses not to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they're, I mean, yeah. they, they, they're still friends. I mean, they're partners, right? They, they travel together, they're together all the time. Yeah. So they, they have a close bond. So I, I can see why she might feel betrayed in some sense. I mean, she does, right? Because at the end of seven, she's like, "I'm gonna kill you and your uh, your old whore, or whatever you know, like <laughs> yeah, donut whore." And um, 
she's mad. I mean, she's vindictive about it. Kind of um, reminds me of um, like Dolores and Arnold. The very yeah. end, it's like they 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 need each other, but at the same time, they they're eventually gonna like kill each other. Um, like in the very end when they're in the new world. Spoilers to anyone who's mm-hmm. watching who doesn't watch Westworld. But um, yeah, it's like I really like that last scene when um, Ch- uh, Ch- Hazel's like walking out and he couldn't pull the trigger on Cha Cha. Yep. Even though he knew that she was gonna basically kill him, he just shackled her up to the um the the, the heater and he was about to pull the trigger and Cha Cha uh, you know Cha Cha's like shoot me shoot me, you know, <clears throat> but he couldn't do it and he just walked out. Um, so I, I, I'm really curious about what's going to develop from that. Like, I, I, th- I think that dynamic is really interesting to begin with. And now that there's, um, this kind of, um, this infighting between them, I, I want to see how that develops. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Th- this whole series so far, I think the most interesting things are just how the relationship dynamics play out. Um, Because we're talking like the the main interest, the cell is like the Hargreaves family, super dysfunctional. They got a lot of bad stuff going on. Mm -hmm. And I think one one of the things that that really just hit me with episode six, when it gets all reset, is just like for a lot of the characters, that was a picture of like what what could be, like what relationships for them could look like in a positive manner. Mm, Healthy, yeah. yeah, healthy, right? Because we're just saying, like, man, their family is really dysfunctional. We talked about last episode how their other relationships are dysfunctional as a result of that. And episode six is like, oh, things are going well. Um, but then it kind of gets cut out. And then even now with Hazel, it's kind of not what... I, I think him and Agnes, are. he's pursuing something that could be also, you know, relationship and in terms of fulfilling way. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I think... Just the way people think about relationships and and how those are kind of playing out in the story are what kind of draws me in, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, speaking of their dysfunctional family, I mean, so is like is, is Reginald crazy or like what he he's I, I think like a lot of mm. things happen with him in these few episodes. Yeah, we we learned that he sent Luther to the moon for no reason, essentially. Mm-hmm. Or maybe sent there, so yeah, keep him busy, maybe so he can have a purpose. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, like Klaus goes and sees him in the afterlife, right? Mm-hmm. Uh huh. And he, and it's revealed that uh, Reginald kills himself. Yeah. Because he commits suicide so that his kids could come back together. Yep. And like basically save the world because he knows the apocalypse is coming. Mm-hmm. So Which I feel like he know? He, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That that's not explained at all. But like Reginald, man, he he generally has these good intentions, but the way mm-hmm. he goes about them is like, I feel like you don't understand right. people or something. You know, like man, Luther, he really needs a mission, a purpose. So I'm just gonna give him one that mm-hmm. is actually meaningless. And then he's like, Yeah, I want my kids to come back together. I'm gonna do that by committing suicide. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like you, like you got it, but then, then you missed it a little bit. <laughs> yeah, so I, I don't know what's going on in his mind. Right, he's he, yeah. he's never satisfied either. He's never mm. satisfied with anything his kids do, and he's super hard on them. And he says, like, I do all this because uh, I want you to be the best that you could be. You know, you mm. could reach your potential. 
he reminds me of like like my my um my, my Asian dad. You know, it's like yeah. he's got such a high bar for me and some things he asks is so unreasonable. So yeah. <laughs> he reminds me of like an like an Asian father who's like, you know, just like super hard on his kids and mm-hmm. like has no emotion. Never it was like I'm doing this for your best. Yeah, never satisfied. Yep. Um, but uh, but yeah, he's and 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 that that does make me think about Klaus too. Is like, wow, what is his next level? Like, what is mm, yeah, what is it that he can do? Like, if he can conjure spirits and conjure the dead, like, could he potentially bring back the dead? Like, can he mm. can he revive someone? Um, so yeah, I'm just just kind of curious about that, but. Yeah, definitely go back to Mr. Uh, Re- Sir Reginald Hargreaves. He he is, um, yeah, just a character with very uh, strange motivations. Yeah, I mean, I the the one thing I got to say about him, I, mean, I feel like he's pretty consistent. Mm. He, he just kind of is who he is. Like even when Klaus first sees him in the afterlife, he's like, "What took you so long?" He's <laughs> like, "I, you know, you're my son that can talk to the dead, and I've been dead." for however long <laughs> like i expected you to talk to me immediately yeah that's like the first thing he says not he doesn't even care that he's dead and maybe his kids are mourning or however they're responding he's right. still like thinking about the mission like the purpose he's still you know just super rational maybe logical mm-hmm. so yep that never yep. N- never pleased parent yeah. Was this the um secret that he was withholding through uh Pogo and Grace, like that he committed suicide? I I would assume so. I mean I'd, if it's not then I I don't even know what else cuz that's that's huge. Right, cuz that was like, a, the cliffhanger yeah. at the end of 5 or 6. It was like the children must not know about this Pogo mm, to Grace. Yeah, yeah. Cuz Pogo fixes Grace and then brings mm-hmm. her back to life. And Diego's like what the heck? Um, <laughs> yeah 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 so I, I i would assume so um because if not then the secret is even bigger which right. i don't know if i can comprehend that right now Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because yeah. I, I left that scene thinking is pogo a bad guy you know with that with that mm-hmm. comment but if if the secret is just that you know he was um trying not to share about his dad committing the dad committing suicide then i guess he's not a bad guy but i don't know yeah, questions. Pogo, Pogo's a good guy. Everyone <laughs> likes Pogo. Um, any other like little Easter eggs or like little um little things you liked about five, six, and seven? Hmm. I don't know if it's a a thing that I like, but I mean Vanya's powers are very obviously developing. Mm-hmm. I think the cliffhanger or like one of the cliffhangers in episode seven. Is Leonard and and Vanya like you know they're training and all that stuff? Then they go out to go eat dinner, mm-hmm. and then these guys come up come up and start beating him up, and then through her emotions, which it seems like her powers are tied to her emotions, mm-hmm. um, she, I don't even know how you would describe it, like <laughs> e- emits energy, There's some kind of shockwave, yeah, something like it's just a, becomes a ball of energy that releases out and. And shoots those guys out each direction. They slam them into the wall and all that. Yeah. So there's like at this point, it's like it's undeniable. Yeah. That she has powers. Like I mean, it kind of already was, but now for her specifically, like you know something's happening. You know. Mm-hmm. 
So that's that's pretty interesting. I mean, this key to the story, I assume. Um, yeah, so I'm interested to see where that goes. I thought you were going to say how cheesy the CGI was on that. I mean, it was. And I the mean, acting. Yeah, it just kind of was. And I, I, I feel like the music like is loud, and she, she's like crouching. She's like, no, no. Yeah. I'm like, all right, all right. But I mean, hey, they, they, they got to do it somehow. Mm, yeah, that's true. Pogo's still my favorite uh, little CGI piece in this in this whole show. His true. acting is pretty good too. I, I like Pogo's mm-hmm. acting. Yeah. Um, it's like some Andy Circus level stuff. Um. <clears throat> Speaking of music, uh, I really like the music in episode six specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of really ba- great bands I like. Like um, they played Soul Kitchen by The Doors. Like that was mm-hmm. when he went back in Vietnam. Um, yeah. I really liked when, you know, one of my favorite scenes is is the Cha Cha Hazel confrontation at the very end where they played Radiohead, uh, mm-hmm. the exit mu- exit music for a movie. Um, that was a really great one. And it also tied into the very um, Wait, was that six? No, that was seven. That was episode seven, I think. And then it, it pans to Leonard on the bed with him losing an eye or whatever. So mm. I guess overall, I really like the music in this uh, in these three episodes. And also the dancing scene. I really like Dancing in the Moonlight. Um, that's that's <laughs> yeah, a good song. It, it was fun. It is a good scene. Kind of, it could yeah. kind of go with the, goes with the cheesiness because the lights just come out of nowhere, right? I know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they're like yeah, just also, awesome they're like dancers. wearing nice clothes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then he's like no, he's back to his normal self, his body. They're just all happy and stuff. Yeah, yeah, and then I think the lights like ascend away or something. I, I yeah, know. <laughs> yeah, but definitely oh. the music is pretty on point. I think it, they utilize it really well. Um, to set mm-hmm. the mood, set the tone, and all that. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, yo, why was the handler peeing like in the bathroom <laughs> like that? That was so awkward. Yes, yeah, like he 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 going to the bathroom and she just comes in there. Is like just super cash. Doesn't even. I did not like, talk that. about it. Yeah, yeah, and she's like talking about how she's on a juice cleanse or something. Right. She's oh, talking about man. her rugi. I'm like, oh, girl, your rugi. Yeah. So there, there's some weird stuff happening. In, really in this weird. Episode, or in these three episodes. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. And um. Yeah, we, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna, we didn't even talk about Luther at the rave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's 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 like doing drugs, partying, oh, dancing with his shirt off. Yeah, oh, man, and, and he ends That's up a with a girl. Man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she doesn't she say something like, "Oh, I, I like the hairy ones" or something like that. <laughs> what? <laughs> I, I feel like the girl says something like that. I was like, "What the heck?" Yeah, that's super uh, weird. Some, somehow commenting on his appearance. Um, yeah. Oh man. Um. Oh, one thing you know, more serious in on a more serious note, when um, number five first goes to the commission with the handler, uh, she mentions him becoming the new head if everything mm-hmm. goes well, yeah, and she also gets killed by him uh, later on. So I wonder oh, if yeah, those two right. things are connected. Yeah, he straight up throws a grenade at her. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. There's there's a lot. 
Um, especially after, especially in a show like this, where I feel like it, it's not all over the place in a bad way, but there's just so many characters and so many stories happening that there's just a lot to juggle. Yeah. So I think we got gotta give props to the show, mm-hmm. the writers for that because they're they're balancing all the different characters pretty well. I think they like pair off or like group up different characters together for a specific story, and it just kind of works out. So, hmm. Yeah, which I think there are like these little mistakes that I see when I when I watch it a second time. I'm like, <laughs> it's like, how did that happen? Like, you know, like another thing when they were breaking into Leonard's house, and um. Uh, mm-hmm. Diego like busts through the front door right and then um, five like disappears right before that and then he's like inside the ro- inside the house with um, uh, <laughs> with Allison I'm like how did they get in there and how did yeah it just like was not well explained and then another thing was um, when Diego goes to the uh, motel to to kill Ch- Hazel and Cha-Cha like I didn't understand the whole thing with like um, Hazel grabbing the ice bucket and like they were like uh, what what should we do it's like oh let's go with the ice bucket and he mm-hmm. like grabs his ice bucket and he like leaves the, the hotel and he like I guess he goes get ice and then mm-hmm. when Diego goes in no one's in there so like does does then is there some kind of teleportation thing with the ice bucket cause Cha Cha wasn't in there either and oh, then yeah, next thing you know right. they're coming down the street in oh, the car yeah. I, I think I actually forgot about that scene but I I feel like that's a move that they do to distract people. I'm not really sure. They're like, like, oh, what play do you want to do? You know, it's mm-hmm. like, oh, let's do the ice bucket where you go get ice so they come in and like come into the room or something. Is my assumption, but I mean, yeah, yeah I, yeah, I don't yeah. know because I think it's implied that they can climb out of the bathroom or something. Um, because cause in order to shoot oh, um, Detective that. Patch. They had to do that, I assume. Like, yeah. there's no other way, unless, you know, they, they could straight teleport. But, um, yeah, because Cha-Cha ends up being outside the room yeah. and is and shoots Detective Patch. So, I don't know. Yep. Which I, not, I didn't understand that, but... Yeah, it's, it's just the don't, don't ask questions. <laughs> yeah. What would you give the um the rating of the series so far? I mean, for for one, I think we gave it a three out of five. For two and four, did we give it a four out of five? I think so. Um, I think we're around there. Yeah. So what are you feeling for five and seven? Five to seven. I think I, I will maintain it at the four out of five level. Okay. Um yeah, it's been good, you know. I think there there's a lot there's a lot going on, but it's it's a fun ride still. I think it's still an enjoyable show. So, yeah, I like it four out of five. What about you, man? Yeah, I would give it a four out of five as well. Um, I think it's maintaining the same energy and momentum that uh, two through four did. And uh, I do like the character development a lot uh, in these last few episodes. So, I guess we'll transition to the last part of our podcast. Um and you know, next week we'll we'll finish off the series Umbrella Academy. But for the time being, we're gonna end the pod as we always do by asking each other, you know, what's making us happy this week. So, Joe, what's making you happy, man? 
Uh, what's making me happy this week is one of our close friends. Um, they just had a baby earlier this week. Hey. Um, I think it was um, on the 16th of April. Uh, their baby was born, and I was actually able to go hold him on Saturday. Ooh. Uh, I think I'm the maybe like the fourth or fifth person to hold the baby uh, wow. besides the, the immediate family. Yeah. That's special, so, man. Yeah, man. It's, uh, it's amazing when you hold, uh, you know, a person who is only born like five days ago. Mm. You know, it's just like uh, the miracle of life, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that's definitely what's making me happy this week. And as a um, baby warming gift, I guess, I, mm. I did not give them diapers. I gave them the second most important thing for new parents, coffee beans. Hey! <laughs> what, what, what kind of beans do you get them? Um, I got them a roaster, I think, out of Indianapolis called... I think they're called Indie Roasters, I-N-D-I-E, and I'll have to look up the bag and maybe share next week, but uh, I believe it was a, uh, I want to say it was a Central American coffee um, that had some flavor notes uh, that were like honey and um, like uh, more tea-like profile. Very nice. I know they're, they're on that pour over game as well. They have a Chemex. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what else they got, but at the very least, they got Chemex. So they, they they got some good good coffee gear. Yeah, for sure. They got a Hario grinder, hand grinder. Um, I, think, okay. I know that she uses that. Um, but yeah. What about you, Dill? What's making you happy this week? Mm. Yeah, if we go in with the warm fuzzies, like oh. children and all that good stuff. <laughs> um, my, mine is similar in some ways. Uh, a good friend of mine, two two friends of mine, uh, they got engaged this weekend. Woo. So I, I was able to be at their engagement party, celebrate with them. Um, yeah, the guy, he, he decided to propose on 420 at 420. Wow. So... Yeah, yeah, he told him that he should like roll the the ring in like a, a small piece of paper or something. A little doobie. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, apparently he, he was like really committed to the time. She was saying like uh, he's like looking at his watch and stuff, trying to make small talk until four twenty, um, <laughs> so he could ask right at the minute. So awkward. But, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, they they engaged, so you know, happy for them. Uh, people I've known for quite some time. So, yeah, it's making me happy and just being able to celebrate with them and all that. Definitely, man. New beginnings all around. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Well, I mean, that wraps it up for this episode of the Pour Over Podcast. We'll see what, end, what ends up happening with the Hargreaves mm-hmm. family in the, the next episode. Um, and listeners, if you got suggestions on what shows we should be watching next, definitely yes, send sir. them our way. Let us know. Uh, but yeah, we always need some good suggestions. We just like watching shows and enjoying good stories. So mm-hmm. yeah, just let us know. Um, this was the Pour Over Podcast. You can email us at pourovershow at gmail.com and follow us on Instagram at pourover underscore show to stay up to date with the Pour Over Gang. Our artwork is by Daniel Liu. Find him on Instagram at Here Comes Daniel. Music is by Joshua Yin. You can listen to his other tracks on SoundCloud.com slash Kid Majestic. One word. Thanks for joining us. Take care. 
Peace.